Star Wars 7 by 7 episode 825. Today, a look at what Lando was up to prior to his appearance in the Star Wars Rebels TV series. Punch it, Chewie. Hi, this is Trisha Barr, author of Ultimate Star Wars and host of Fangirls Going Rogue. And you're listening to Star Wars 7 by 7 the only daily Star Wars podcast. Hey, Rebel Rouser. Welcome to Star Wars 7x7. I'm your host, Alan Voivod. And as opposed to the last two days where we've looked at stories about what happened with Chewie and what happened with Princess Leia immediately after the Battle of Yavin, the story with Lando that we're going to look at, the backstory that we're given on him, does not take place in that three-year time period between the end of Star Wars and the beginning of The Empire Strikes Back. No, in fact, this story probably takes place sometimes during the Star Wars Rebels timeline. Now, why am I saying probably at this point? Well, we don't know for sure when this actually takes place. All we're given is that it happens sometime while there is a growing rebellion and that it's before Lando is Cloud City's administrator. That's as much as we know. We also know that Lando does not have the Falcon anymore, and we also know that he's hanging with Lobot. So that puts it squarely in a time frame that can't really be any earlier than the start of Star Wars Rebels and could be any time before the beginning of The Empire Strikes Back. That being said, this comic suggests that Lando and Lobot have a history and that it might go back a ways. And there's also good enough reason to think that Lando has been the administrator of Cloud City for some time when Han and Leia and 3PO and Chewie arrived there. So, you know... I'm willing to put this in the Rebels time frame and not in the Between a New Hope and Empire time frame. Also because of the fact that the story descriptions at the beginning of each do not refer to the destruction of the Death Star yet. And Chewie's and Leia's, of course, taking place right afterward did. So I'm going to go out on a limb and say it takes place sometime during seasons 3, 4, and whatever more of Star Wars Rebels. And here's the deal in brief. So Lando is in debt, surprise, surprise, pulls a job that's supposed to get him back to even, and it turns out that the unscrupulous gangster is only willing to give him 10% credit against the debt he owes, but says, hey, I've got one more job for you. You do this, and we'll be square, and there's actually more than enough to go around so you can keep some of the proceeds. Specifically, there is a ship, an Imperial ship, docked in an orbital shipyard for Siner Flight Systems, and if Lando can steal it, then Lando can keep everything inside the ship as long as he turns the ship over to this gangster. Uh, but here's the rub and the thing that Lando doesn't find out until they're deep into it, that the ship they're being asked to steal belongs to none other than Emperor Palpatine himself. Oh boy. So that, of course, causes major problems, and he's lucky to survive. And I guess this is a good enough time to say that if you are interested in avoiding spoilers on this, you haven't checked the, the story, but you are interested in doing so, then hold this podcast for a later date. And if you are okay with hearing about the story, which is pretty laugh out loud in places, then let's just continue on. So Lando's been dating this lady who happens to be an Imperial Moth, and there's an artifact that she has in her quarters, which apparently the Imperials took over a bunch of stuff from the people who were native to this planet. And she just happens to have, I guess, the place where the gangster used to live. Anyway, so he's been dating her for a while. They have been close and intimate and all that stuff, or at least that's certainly the implication. 
And he's looking at this artifact and he's ready to steal it. But he <laughs> confesses. He says, you know, if I had just booked it with this thing and not said goodbye, mm-hmm. then you would have had to sick people to come find me. And I would have you know, made an embarrassment of you because it would have been, you know, the moth has a lover who ran off and stole artifacts. Not that he would have done it. That's just the word that would have gotten out. But he says that there's been too much between them and that he actually cares for her too much to just run out like that. And so he admits that he has debts and that he's after this thing and he's betting that she will just, you know, let him walk away with it, that their relationship means enough to her and him that she will let him walk with the thing. And when you know it, she does. And you can believe it. You can believe it. I mean, I think we all carry a certain amount of... I don't know, investment in Lando to the degree that you can believe he would be able to pull off a stunt like this, even when the moth pulls a blaster on him during this exchange at one point. So that's how the story kicks off in high Lando style. And the writer Charles Sewell uh, came out and said, you know, my job is basically to make Lando be the coolest guy in the galaxy, to reinforce that notion. I'm putting words in his mouth and paraphrasing as it were, and that is exactly what he pulls off. There are very many laugh-out-loud moments in this thing with Lando's overwhelmingly optimistic charm and verve and (laughs) just the stuff that he is willing to put himself into. At the point where he steals the ship with the help of his team, three Imperial Star Destroyers show up to try and take the thing back And two of them try to lock tractor memes on it. And he's like, wait, I've done this maneuver a thousand times before as the people who are with him start to get mad and are willing to, you know, basically pull him away at knife point to take the ship controls away from him. But he's like, I've done this maneuver a bunch of times before and gets one Star Destroyer to lock tractor beams on the other Star Destroyer, which causes them to collide. And we don't know what happens to one of them, but it looks like a bridge tower is being destroyed, which means that that whole ship is probably lost. But we find out that Lando is wrestling with both a good side and, I guess, a cowardly side, for lack of a better way of putting it. He enlists an Ugnaught, who is an expert in rare antiquities, who he had done a job with before, but apparently had a reputation for cutting and running when things got tough. And this Ugnaught lost an eye as part of the process, which is not necessarily a good thing, but Lando wants to make it up to her, and so that's why he's inviting her on this job, along with Lobot, of course. And two muscles, Pavel and Aleskin, that he hires to basically take care of any trouble if it comes up, which, of course, it does. So they manage to steal the ship from the orbital shipyard, and that, of course, (laughs) warrants a call to Palpatine in the scene with Masa Meda, the Grand Vizier. You remember him from the original trilogy, uh, uh, excuse me, the prequel trilogy movies, The Phantom Menace and all them. The one going, order, order. You probably saw him in the Clone Wars too. Anyway, he has to go to Palpatine and say, I have some truly bad news. He's the one who has to break the news about Palpatine's stolen ship to Palpatine. Just imagine that. It's just a hysterical thing to see. Palpatine's like, they stole my ship? Ah!" So Palpatine basically says, you know, people are going to pay for this and has the Star Destroyers destroy the orbital shipyard for losing Palpatine's ship. So yeah, he is a little vindictive about this thing. 
And whereas he thinks the Star Destroyers and his armies are more of a hammer, he says that he thinks a needle might be required for this. So he reaches out to one of his personal fixers, Chanath Cha, to go find his ship, retrieve it, and keep the people alive who stole it so that way Palpatine can deal with them personally. And if that's not possible, to destroy it so that the things on board can't get into anyone else's hands. And what is on this ship, you might ask? Well, aside from a bunch of rare antiquities, which would be valuable enough in their own right, when they get to a central chamber that they have to hack into to get open, two Imperial Royal Guards pop out of the thing and promptly impale a Lobot, which causes another set of problems. Aleskin and Pavel are able to deal with those guys, but... When they take helmets off, they look very bizarre, almost zombie-like, corrupted in a way. And they realize, uh, Corin and Lando do, because they realize that it's probably because the chamber they're guarding is filled with Sith artifacts. So that is already bizarre enough and discomforting enough to begin with. But the fact that Imperial Royal Guards are guarding them means that this is possibly Emperor Palpatine's ship. And Palpatine has a bunch of Sith artifacts, so uh-oh, this is a really a very troubling thing. What's worse, it turns out that one of the Sith artifacts in there seems to be able to immediately turn people bad. Turn them, you know, just outright to the dark side. Not necessarily make them Force users or anything, but just to turn them against their own nature and make them evil. And that happens to the worst possible two it could happen to, Oleskin and Pavel, who, of course, are the fighters in the group, you know, trying to take on an Ugnaught and Lando and an injured Lobot. So this does not bode very well at all for everyone. And continues to get worse when Oleskin and Pavel find lightsabers in that chamber, for Pete's sake. And there is one other thing I forgot to mention to you earlier when they were looking at the Imperial Guards and seeing how they had sort of, you know, rotted almost, basically. Lando mentions that he used to know an Imperial Guard and that she was impressive. And Corrin has to go, please, I don't want to hear any more horrifying stories of your romantic conquests. So Lando, it seems, had an affair with an Imperial Royal Guard. There is no end to Lando's amazing exploits. So back to the story. Chanath Cha, who is the Emperor's fixer, has by this time found the Imperialis, that's the Emperor's ship, and has deactivated the escape pod so that way nobody on there can escape. Which, of course, with Aleskan and Pavel running around with lightsabers, that's exactly where Lando and Corrin are headed, and now they can't even get off the ship. So then Chanath gets onto the ship through a maintenance hatch, and when she sees that it's Lando, she pulls off her helmet, and I'm saying she because you don't know it's a she, she's in full body armor, battle helmet, and everything, until she pulls off her helmet, and Lando sees her and says, well, hey, how's it going? And you find out Lando knows her, too. But it turns out that Lando is not the person with whom Chanath has the love connection in the past, it's Lobot. And so that is enough to give her pause, knowing that Lobot's on the ship and that he's been gravely wounded. So she rethinks how she is going to do this job for the Emperor. And it doesn't help matters either when the Imperial droid that the Emperor sent with Chanath takes over the ship that they've been flying together on this mission and leaves and leaves Chanath to her fate on board the Emperor's ship. Ultimately, the only way they're going to get off the ship is for Lobot to hack the escape pods and get them to be operational again. And the only way he can do that is by letting the implants run wild within him. And they end up 
taking over his brain as part of this process. So with the ship set to self-destruct, they get into escape pods and set off on different paths again. And it seems like that had already been the case. I guess Lobot had been given a choice between going with Chanath or staying with Lando, and he chose to stay with Lando. And so even though Chanath still has feelings for him, he's made his choice, she says, and she is sticking by that choice. And so she is going to fulfill her mission to the Emperor, which is to destroy that ship and yet she makes sure that Lando and Lobot are able to get away safely. And while they do, we have a beautiful scene of friendship that wraps up the story. Lando with Lobot saying, I don't care how long this takes, I'm going to find a cure for you. And that triggers a recording that Lobot plays where it basically says, hey, Lando, if you're hearing this, the implants have taken over and you said the word cure in my presence and there's something I gotta tell you. And Lobot tells him something that only your best friend can tell you. It's so awesome that I'm just going to read it to you. Lobot says, you have a power, Lando. People follow you. They willingly become chips in your game, cards in your deck. That's an amazing thing. It's how you do the things you do. We're your luck. So here's what I'd like to tell you while I'm still your friend of many years instead of whatever I'm about to become. Stop playing. Get out of the game. Fold. Find something to believe in, other than yourself, anyway. Use that power you have, that luck, all that charm, and do something good with it. Lando, old buddy, you're better than this. Now, how many people in your own life do you know who could say something like that to you? And even if it's not the same sentiment, you know what I mean. Somebody who can look at you and say, hey, you are better than this. You are meant for greater. And if you can even count those people on one hand, even if you can do that much, then you are very lucky indeed. And boy, oh boy, I love the way that story wraps up. And believe me, there are other things I want to read for you as well, because there are a ton of laugh out loud moments as well. But we're going to have to content ourselves with this for the time being, at least until such time as Marvel decides to do audio versions of their comics, in which case, hey, Marvel, if you're listening, I'm happy to read for you. But I've got one other thing to read for you for today's episode, though, which is your trivia question and the answer from yesterday. That's coming after the break. Stay tuned. Hey, Rebel Rouser. You're listening to this podcast. Maybe you'd like to listen to a Star Wars story, too. Luckily, we've got just the thing for you. We've partnered with Audible to give you a free download and a free 30-day trial of their awesome service. All you got to do is go to audibletrial.com SW7X7 to sign up and get your free download. They've got dozens of Star Wars titles. Anything you want to do to explore that galaxy far, far away. One more time for you, audibletrial.com SW7X7. Alrighty, let's take care of a trivia question now, shall we? My name's this. Last time I asked you how many stormtroopers were chasing Ray, Finn, and BB-8 through Nema Outpost, and that's two. Today's question, how many TIE fighters did Finn have to shoot down while they were flying around in the Millennium Falcon on Jakku? Thanks for listening to another episode of Star Wars 7x7. And hey, before you fall in love with a queen in disguise, check out SW7x7.com for show notes, links, photos, videos, and more. And if the show's been worth your time, please support us at Patreon.com SW7x7. It's not a deep space angel, it's destiny unleashed. 
This podcast is not endorsed or sponsored yet by Lucasfilm Limited, Disney, or 20th Century Fox. It is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Star Wars, the Star Wars logo, all names and pictures of Star Wars characters, vehicles, and any other Star Wars-related items are registered trademarks and or copyrights of Lucasfilm Limited or their respective trademark and copyright holders. May the force be with them. All original content is copyright 2016 Star Wars. Unless I'm we hope you love it.